Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm a very sleepy Lorelei Weissel-Brizzy. And I'm uh, very surprised that we've had Jay on for several episodes now, uh, Cristalano. I mean, I skipped like last week, so. You're thinking yeah. of our rehearsals <laughs> for our upcoming MagicCon Chicago panel That's on true. the I'm mana just... stage. I've just been hearing a lot of your voice lately, and I'm not used to it. Usually, you take some some long breaks when we discuss story, but uh, you've been you've been in my ear a lot lately because of this panel, which I'm becoming more and more excited about. The closer we get to it, it's going to be so much fun. Hey, did did you know that's uh, slightly over three weeks away? Uh, <laughs> we'll be I, ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, time is not real to me. I. It is simultaneously February 1st, and also we've been in January for six years now. January was the longest month I've ever experienced in my life. That was like several months worth of January. January was the longest month I've ever experienced in my life. And where did it go? It was just gone. Now that it's over, it feels like it didn't happen. It was here for so long that I'm not convinced we've actually entered February. I'm pretty sure we're still in January. It's January 32nd, baby. And February is going to have an extra day this year, too. So it's just it's just wild. There's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. Happy birthday month to all you leap year babies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's so we're here actually today to talk about the murders at Karlov Manor's flavor gems. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time talking about the story and we spent a lot of time like building up to this and now we actually got to talk about the cards in the set which uh haven't really talked about at all since we started talking about murders at Karlov manor so let's let's just dig in let's let's go straight into it so uh there's these are all pulled from all three sets that came out or that are coming out uh associated with murders at Karlov manor murders at, so the main set uh the commander set and the clue edition set uh, which I should preface by saying uh, the clue characters all have the universes beyond like stamp at the bottom. So none of them are canon. I've gotten that question like a bunch of times. Like, is Commander Mustard a real character? Are we going to see him again? And the answer is no. No, you're not. Not unless there's another clue edition. Uh, so with that, let's let's dive in. Uh, so the first card we want to talk about today is the Case of the Shattered Pact. It's the very first card in the set. Uh, and this actually depicts the uh, gla- the card Glass of the Guild Pact uh, getting broken, getting shattered. So that's literally what it's talking about, but sort of metaphorically, it's also talking about how, you know, the Guild Pact has kind of been broken a couple times before and has needed the guilds to come together and and fix it. You know, first in the original Ravnica novels, uh, and then again, uh, during War of the Spark, when uh, Nicol Bolas like shatters the chamber of the Guild Pact uh, and Hold on. Jace loses Hold the power. On. Technically, Tezra did that. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's fair. No, that is fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. Uh, I have I have a question for you, Jay, because this is, as you mentioned, is a call to the, the art for glass of the Guild Pact, which I believe came out in Ravnica Allegiance. Um, and we've been getting this this same sort of like uh, guild seal wheel uh, on art since Return to Ravnica block. I think like the first instance of it was in Gate Crash. I'm not sure if I remember that correctly, but it's definitely from that block. Um, here's my question. 
every piece of this art shows the Demir insignia. So does that mean they all, all of these, like the glaive of the guild pact, the glass of the guild pact, the seal of the guild pact, all of these came from like post deca millennial after the whole like Zadek doing Demir stuff. Like, like, like the last 70 years. Yeah. Were these all made within the last 70 years is my question. That is an excellent question. And the answer is probably, or they just got redone, right? They're like, well, crap, we have to include the Demir on here. Like the Demir wasn't ha- the Demir weren't happy about it either. <laughs> just some, no one was happy about this fact. <laughs> some 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 poor stonemason called into the the chamber of the guild pact, being like, "All right, so now you have to just move all of the stone around and put a demir signia in there." Just a total redesign that probably took like ten years to get approved. Anyways, it's just it's a thought that's been on my mind since I've seen this. I've just been thinking about like the demir symbol uh, and the whole like decamillennial crisis and everything. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. for what it's worth. The symbol's also on the pillar of the Peruns from Dissension, so... Oh, the Demir don't exist. That's the thing that's been kind of not been true in the card set, but, uh... Also, you know, oh, Niv-Mizzet is the only dragon. Like, it's always been a truth about, uh, about Ravnica, so, you know. Niv-Mizzet's the only dragon that matters. Tell that to Udvara Hellkite, that card destroying commander games. I, I think I think the idea though is that Niv is the last of the like intelligent dragons. I don't think yeah. any of the other dragons yeah, well, that's, on that's sort are of, intelligent. They they didn't make that distinction in the novels, but yeah. that's sort of what everyone has accepted the distinction is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. All those other dragons are idiots. Yeah. Literally, yes. They mostly live in the rubble belt and uh Yeah. I mean Niv wasn't the only dragon in the original block anyway. Rakdos Pit Dragon existed, so. <laughs> Ravnica's a mess. We should just move on. All right. We have, <laughs> we have cases to talk about. Uh, there's a lot of cases in this set. We just mentioned Case of the Shattered Pact. It's like a whole cycle of enchantments that have a subtype of case. They all like give you like a a little like mystery to solve but it's not really a mystery to solve they're kind of like a quest to go on Mm -hmm. you know it's really hard to capture the feel of a mystery in a card game but uh one of them that we have on our list to talk about is case of the gateway express which is a reference to murder on the orient express uh famous famous mystery novel by agatha christie uh it pretty much plays out exactly as the novel does so like there's a little spoiler warning here for people who haven't read for like, what, like a hundred year old novel? <laughs> 90. It's 90 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a novel where a guy gets killed on a train and it turns out everyone killed him. Like it's that's the spoiler. Everyone who was a suspect was involved in the murder uh, in their own special way. I wonder how how much that story had an influence on the film uh, Bullet Train. Still haven't seen it, but I really want to. <laughs> I've heard it's really good. There, there's the Kenneth Branagh adaptation of Murder on the Orient Express that's relatively recent, from like 2017, I think. And there's been two sequels. Uh, Chris, watch Bullet Train. Everybody out there, watch Bullet Train. That movie, like, it's the best action comedy I have seen in a very long time it is so stupid but it is it is it is funny it is good it movie is, good. is balls to the walls fun uh every single moment um the most enjoyable i've seen brad pitt in a very long time too which is great <laughs> to see him like 
just rocking a film like that. Uh, he's wonderful. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, K- case of the Gateway Express. Uh, part of part of the the solving of this case involves all of your creatures dealing damage to one other creature, uh, and then it yeah, it's 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 a fun reference to Murder on the Orient Express. It's also like new design space too. Like it's it's direct out of combat damage from white uh for the number of creatures you control rather than attacking like tapped or attacking or blocking creatures which is interesting it it has the the writer that the creatures themselves deal the damage to the target uh which Mm -hmm. is not a first time thing in white white has done that before in cards Hmm. Um, white's been but it's always all of your creatures it's never just yeah. one creature. It's all of them. And they deal like one damage or you deal X words equal to the number of creatures. White, yeah. White has been doing a deal damage based on number of creatures related type thing since in the car rising. Uh, it's a thing that has been mostly in red in the past and they've been trying it out in white. And I think it fits good there too. Uh, I should also note that the wrench, several of these cases have the murder weapons from the set in them. Uh, and so the wrench is kind of hiding out, peeking out from under a like a jacket and a hat in the bottom left corner of the art. Uh, but let's move on. So the next card we're going to talk about is Wojek Investigator. Uh, this card is funny because it's an angel detective, which is actually a thing. We've had multiple. Uh, so the Wojeks are like the Boros detectives. Uh, and there have been multiple angel detectives among them uh largely angels who had have been forced to become penitent angels they did something out of order and their uh wings get bound and they're forced to serve and like the wojek forced to serve as a wojek for some period of time feather was one of those there was another one that was in one of the uh guilds of ravnica ravnica allegiance side stories uh but yeah it's nice to to finally see one here Although it is kind of funny to me that we get this as an angel detective and Feather, who is the existing angel detective, did not get the detective subtype. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure detective had to do with they had I'm sure they had certain qualifications for making something a detective. You know, I'm sure I'm sure they did. (laughs) Uh, Then let's talk about agency outfitter. So agency outfitter is very funny to me because it's just literally it's a sphinx that's going around handing out everyone's thinking hat and their magnifying glasses (laughs) which are equipment in the game uh to make you look like sherlock holmes or to make your creature look like sherlock holmes and i thought it was very Uh, funny that there was a tutor for that magnifying glass is not an equipment but uh oh yeah Mm. (laughs) it it is a reprint it's uh it's a reprint from shadows over in estrade very good place to reprint it um but uh yeah literally uh you you get your uh the the thinking cap art is kind of deer stalkery um so you you literally get your sherlock holmes hat and your magnifying glass so you can play detective it's very cute. uh, cute i i love that the sphinx has like the mutton chops style facial hair it's it's very cute. He looks like a, a detective. Yeah, because suddenly it's like 1890 in Ravnica all of a sudden. <laughs> There's There are some choices with the costuming in this set, but we're yeah, not going to talk I, about I th- that. <laughs> I think uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. There when we're done the cards. Let's keep going through these cards. We've got a long yeah, list. Yeah, we have uh, Benthic Criminologists, which are uh, 
has good meaty flavor text talking about how the Simic Combine functions as uh, basically the, the, the CSI. Um, they are the uh, the people who are going to be dusting for fingerprints uh, or uh, uh, like analyzing a mysterious goop uh, and doing all that kind of sciency work uh in in labs or in the field uh, to help with crime solving and i think it's uh it's a good fit for them i should note we also just got the planeswalkers guide to murders yeah. of karloff manor which you should definitely check out it's oh, not yeah. a, not we a did. terribly I... long read uh i had originally put this on the list because it mentions like the simic is kind of trying to make up for their bad yeah. reputation from the phyrexian invasion uh, and the new Guildmaster's Guide also goes into that, but in, like, more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally put it on for that, and then, like, later that later this morning when we're recording, the uh, Planeswalker Guide came out, so. Yeah, they, uh, Ravnica not too happy with so many of them willingly joining Phyrexia. All right, it, it's not on our list, but I have to mention it, because it's the next card in the set, which is Bubble Smuggler. It's a cute little octopus, octopus fish uh, with... Like a fish with tentacles for its face, but it's not a cuttlefish. Um, and uh, it's just real cute. It's stealing some little vials. And the flavor text says, by the time they noticed the missing vials, Glovox was three fathoms away. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little thieving fish. It's cute. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the next case. Uh, case of the Filched Falcon. Uh, and also Coveted Falcon, which is clearly the Filched Falcon, uh, if you're paying attention. Uh, these are both references to the Maltese Falcon, which is one of the most famous, another one of the most famous uh, detective stories of all time. Um, it is a very, very famous movie with Humphrey Bogart uh, from back in the day, based on a novel from older than that, from back in the day when they made lots of movies based on novels. I just thought it was a very cute reference to that probably the one of the most famous MacGuffins of all time yeah uh, just uh it's it's uh the Maltese Falcon is often cited as the source of the MacGuffin as a trope uh in these kinds of stories and then the word MacGuffin got polluted so much that nobody uses it the way it's intended to be used uh, a MacGuffin is supposed to be an object that doesn't have actual inherent narrative value or anything. Uh, the, its only purpose for existence is being chased down by the narrative. So, like, when people talk about MacGuffin hunts, mostly they're talking about things that are actually relevant, but uh, they shouldn't be. Sorry, this is my little language gripe. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a film nerd on the podcast. This is just going to happen. <laughs> I, I paid a lot of money for that sheet of paper <laughs> uh, i'd also like to point out this is uh you can see the candlestick in the background yes. of coveted falcon but also in the case of the filched, filched falcon so yeah amusingly it's hidden in there because there are a bunch of candlesticks but there's one that doesn't have a candle in it and that is the uh the candlestick weapon yeah it's a very cute way to slip it in there uh so i also wanted to just mention real quick eliminate the impossible uh, which I love as a reference to uh, Sherlock Holmes' favorite uh, speech, which is, God, I don't remember it anymore. I even said it earlier today. Uh, but basically, it's whenever, uh, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. Now, now is is that from the uh, BBC Queerbait show or from the uh, novel? 
No, that's that's from Arthur Conan Doyle. So you'd say okay. it's a Doyleist. Okay, it's a, Doyleist it's, it's a yeah, <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay, he got knighted. Okay, okay. Uh, I would like to take this as a moment just to remind people: um, we're not going to go through all the story spotlights, which we sometimes do on Flavor Gems. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but also like the Mothership. I keep I love calling it the Mothership, the website for Magic: The Gathering's uh, uh, story and things like that also has an article that goes through all the story spotlight cards. So if you're interested in finding the story spotlights and knowing what cards tell what part of the story, they did all that work for me. I don't have to do it. So thank you, Mothership. Okay, we, have, <laughs> we have a projector inspector on here. The projectors this is spelled with a K because we're in Eastern Europe. Um, the projectors are a, t- a new piece of technology used by the agency. And um, is it the Ravnican Agency for Magicological Investigations or something is the official title of the agency? of Magicological Investigations. Whatever. (laughs) I had to fix, I fixed it earlier today in in my own documents. So that's why I I, I wrote four as well. Um, Anyway, uh, the projectors are essentially computers. Uh, They're like fantasy computers that, uh, but also like, they do like the CSI enhance the photograph thing, but magically, so it actually makes sense. They'd actually make more sense than enhancing a photograph. Um, and this so, technology was sort of inevitable when Dovin Bon came to uh, sort came of. to Ravnica and introduced, you know, surveillance cameras and <laughs> drones. Well, yeah, I, it's been interesting in this set to see how much, like, how many thopters are in this set, and and while part of it is because there's artifact sub themes and. One one flyers are good tokens. Um, uh, it's it's been interesting seeing Thopters like be more present on Ravnica post Dovin Bon. Uh, may he rest in pieces. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the protectors are just uh, you know let the agents um, collate information, collate data uh, from uh, other agents working on the same case or cross referencing things between cases. Uh, and it's all like visual and you need like a magical stylus to to work through it. Um, it's it's almost like the uh, I'm thinking about the uh, the little touchscreen thingies in um, Minority Report, but mm-hmm. like the fantasy version. I do like the flavor text for Projector Inspector, which you alluded to earlier. Uh, bring up the particulars from yesterday's altercation and enhance. Because yeah. <laughs> every... Every crime drama has someone saying enhance on security footage, and it's just doesn't doesn't work like that. Never has, never will. It's, it's not not how not how it goes. It can yeah, just, on Ravnica. It's just a convenient way for the plot to keep moving in those shows. Uh, CSI has some, done so much damage to people's perception of how these things work. Uh, but anyway, also propaganda. Agency oh. Corner uh, is cute because it's a necromancer corner, which of course it is on Ravnica. Uh, the Planeswalker's Guide calls them necrotop- necrotopsists. That's kind of a mouthful. So in, in the original Ravnica novel, they did have coroners that were called necroticians, which are basically the same thing. They were they were sort of necromancer scientist things uh, that worked for the Boros. Uh, I just wanted to call that out because I thought it was cute. The next case we're going to talk about is Case of the Stashed Skeleton, which I don't know if it's a direct reference like to a specific um, like murder mystery, but it's very cute because it is Cult Guild Mage. 
And you can tell this because underneath uh-huh. the dead body is uh-huh. the Jace puppet from Cold Guild Mage, which is incredible. I also love that the skeleton is holding the murder weapon, the lead pipe. Uh, I, I also, in case that this is a uh, skeleton's in your closet. Oh, it's a, <laughs> it's a skeleton okay. in the closet. It's just, it's just a pun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then we have hunted bone brute, which is a callback to the original yeah. Ravnica blocks hunted cycle, which is you would play this creature and then multiple, uh, creatures with equivalent power, uh, you would have an opponent put into play. Um, and it was just kind of this cute cycle where I, I, I don't know. I don't know the utility of it too much, but it was very like in limited. Oh, okay. It must've been a lot of fun. Um, the, the utility was uh, mostly with hunted phantasm, which was a, a three mana. I think it's a four, six and it gave or four, five, or maybe it was Something a six, like four. And it gave your opponent like four goblins. It gave your opponent a bunch of one, one goblins though. Uh, and so it used to be under the old rules, um, the owner of a token was the um, the player oh, that's who right. owned mm-hmm. the source that created that token. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it used to be you could play uh, Hunted Phantasm, give your opponent a bunch of goblins, and if you play the card Brand to gain control of all permanents that you own, um, the goblins then go back to your side because you are technically the owner of them uh and not even though you're not the controller and you never controlled them uh so the hunted creatures used to have that little uh weird rules thing which was then cleaned up um the owner of a token is now whoever's control that token is created under um but uh yeah uh this card also gets to like do the hunted thing because it gives your opponent two dogs and is a six two um but also has the disguise mechanic which lets you get around the etb trigger so if you pay more mana you just get the six two menace with the death trigger um you don't have to give them dogs if you're hiding and i think that's (laughs) cool that's cool design space it is it is pretty neat i I like this card yeah i want to do a quick shout out to homicide investigator uh, who is investigating a homicide that occurred all the way back in Gate Crash? Because this card is a direct visual reference to the card Murder Investigation, which features a elf stabbed with three blades in its back, uh, as a couple, like a few, like what looks like Hazda or Boros. It's kind of hard to tell. Are standing over uh, murder uh, homicide investigator shows them inspecting in the same location an elf with three blades in its back. Um, so that body's been there since gate crash. (laughs) So, yeah, what I, what I will say is, uh, it, it does look like the same elf. It's probably an actual joke, but also three knives is sort of the calling card of the Demir. Um, so, you know, but it is literally, it's like the same clothing. It's also an elf. It's clearly meant to be a reference. Yeah. It probably has something to do with the ARG that we haven't figured out yet. So we're, we're investigating. That murder investigator. Yeah, I, by the time this episode out, pre-release will have happened, which is, I think, where the ARG stuff really kicks into high gear. So uh, we'll see. So uh, real quick, I wanted to mention Illicit Masquerade. It's so just pre- a face-off the, reference. Or the pre-release did happen, and the releases. I don't remember. I don't know. I the, the, pre-release, the pre-release hasn't happened yet. That's this weekend. But people have started opening pre-release packs that aren't supposed to. Yes, but Jay, consider by the time this episode is publicly available, the pre-release would have already happened. 
<gasps> yes, it would have. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention the case of the Crimson Pulse. I just added that in uh, because it is a Project Lightning bu- Bug reference, maybe. It is, um, if you look at it all the way in the background, it is the planar beacon is like oh God, the is. focal mm-hmm. point and then a um like a net of little lasers hitting things this might be the planeswalker detector going off again it's sort of like what was described back in project lightning bug i'm not really sure what it's trying to reference otherwise here uh but yeah it's the 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 planar beacon has something to do with what's going on in this particular art i thought that was cute because uh, I was looking for the knife, which is the red uh, murder weapon, and I could not find it in either of the red cases. Uh, if you can find it at home, let me know. <laughs> Let's see. What's next? Uh, crime novelist. No, we, <gasps> we skipped over illicit masquerade. Uh, no, I, 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 I said it was just face off, and then I kept moving. Oh. If you want to talk about it, go for it. No, I, they take their faces off, like in Facebook. <laughs> that's, I, that's all it is. I completely yeah, that's all, blanked that's... through you saying that then. Yeah, uh, talk about the uh, your little goblin writer. <gasps> Crime novelist. Crime novelist is so wonderful. This might be one of my favorite cards of all time, right next to Mud Button Torch Runner. Uh, just for adorableness, goblinness. Like, the goblin is writing so hard. She is so focused. <laughs> And then what I also love about it, what really elevates this piece, is that Fibblethip is beneath the desk, stealing a sneak peek at the manuscript, uh, which is very, very funny. I love it. Yep. Fibblethip shows up in a lot of the art and cards in the set, just kind of hiding in the background or off to the side somewhere. You know, let me see if Scryfall has, because I've only spotted two. I didn't know he was in more than this one, but I haven't looked, so... He's in a he's in a few of them. He's in a few of them. Good for him. Uh, uh oh yeah. Out. He's in he's in three. I missed mm-hmm. I missed one in green. Um he is in Repulsive Mutation, hiding behind the uh the Simic Biomancer behind the Crisis that's deflecting something. Uh and then he is also in They Went This Way. Oh! If you follow the wand in They Went This Way, it's pointing at a tiny little fibble thip sitting on the tree on like the the lower Mm -hmm. branch and Fibblethip is just like shrugging and holding a stick. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Okay. Um, Shock is a few good men, men reference. Uh, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It turns out she could not in fact handle the truth. (laughs) Shout out to Jack Nicholson. Bite Down on Crime is a uh, Scruff McGruff reference. All right, so if you're not American, yeah, this this one was <laughs> like, like you have to be American and of a certain age. Exactly. Yeah, Scruff McGruff. For those of us who lived in the '90s and early 2000s and were like children, Scruff McGruff was at your school a lot, uh, especially like around Dare program stuff. But basically, it was like this national campaign. Uh, that was like a children's education copaganda kind of campaign uh, where it was, take a bite out of crime. And that's what bite down on crime is referencing here. Um, so Scruff McGruff was the crime dog uh, <laughs> and <laughs> came to your school 
and you know told you to to narc on people and i don't even remember specifically like it was it was like those 90s like satanic panic like fear kinds of things like do you know where your children are kind of like not actually particularly useful it was just like it was what was in the public consciousness at the time yeah so for folks who don't know what dare is it's an acronym oh my god Drug, drug abuse resistance education uh, which was basically uh, in elementary school, they tried to scare you away from doing drugs. And I'm just like, I'm eight years old. I don't have any money. Um, they they tried to scare you away from doing drugs by having a man uh, show up to your, your school dressed in like a giant dog outfit, um, which honestly probably was like really cool if you were on drugs. I don't know that we ever <laughs> had anyone in a dog. I think we just had regular cops show up. I, Definitely remember someone wearing a dog costume, but um, I don't and, know. It was like I don't I was know. Like six. It, it was a different time. It also like when I was experiencing this stuff, you could still smoke in restaurants in America. Uh, you had to ask yep. to sit in non-smoking sections in restaurants and then s- smell smoke anyway. Because oh, do you know what happens when you smoke in one part shit. of a room? Is uh, the smoke? It gets smells everywhere. Yeah. You know, I com- I completely forgot. Like, cause it has been, it has been changed for so long. I forgot yeah. about smoking. Sections. I know that was uh, late nineties or early aughts. Uh, that was, that was, I was, don't think I was an adult when that changed, that law changed. Uh, so like, I think it's, it's weird. I was watching, uh, no, this is too much of an aside. We should go back and focus <laughs> on the play. <laughs> Let's talk about Magic the Gathering, which is also 30 years old. This, this uh, Let's talk about A Killer year. Among Us. Yeah. Uh yeah. Any anyway, yeah, that was that that's McGruff the crime dog. Uh Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, six five six five something. I I, I Jay, I, I don't do the, the copaganda the for them, okay? Drugs are cool, kids. A killer among us. A k- <laughs> a k- <laughs> I did not I did not say that. Uh a killer among us is a very cute card um where there was a mur- murder it's like a closed door mystery it's these these uh, three people one of them has to be the killer and the mechanics reflect that i just think it's a cute card uh it's very flavorful there are quite a few uh very flavorful cards like top down flavorful cards in this set like that that are just chef's gifts perfect perfect murder mystery set cards pick your poison is this is just funny because it's literally pick your poison. Pick your poison is an expression for those of you who are not native English speakers. Uh, it's an expression that means uh, all these choices are bad. <laughs> so, and it's literally picking your poison here. And the joke in the, uh, in the flavor text is that uh, just bring an all purpose poison. Then you won't have to pick which one you need. <laughs> Pride of the Hulk clade. I imagine Lorelai wants to talk about that one. Uh, I mean, there's not really a lot to talk about here. Uh, the whole clade is one of <laughs> me. There's not a lot to talk here. Me immediately turns into the the uh, info dumping cadence. Uh, so the whole clade is um a faction within the Simic Combine who focus largely on defensive magics. Um, they are um. So is it Varel was the Maze Runner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was from the Hulk Clade, um, and uh, the Hulk Clade was also uh, one of the big supporters of um, um, Vanifar's uh, Guardian Project. Um, Guardian Project? It, huh? 
The Guardian Project? Yeah, I said The Guardian Project. Oh, I didn't hear you. Nobody's listening to each other on the show. So. No, no, it's no. I think your audio <laughs> cut out for a second. For me. I'm listening to both of you. Okay, that's nice of you. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the whole clade focuses on a lot of defensive uh, adaptations. Uh, this being uh, reflected in this card by being a two fifteen uh, and caring about toughness and toughness mattering and drawing a crap load of cards. Uh, it's a crocodile elk turtle, uh, which is interesting. Elk is something you usually wouldn't see on a Simic creature. Um, a lot of what makes um, Ravnikin visual identity tick uh, monster-wise uh, is is split between the guilds. So most of the mammalian creatures uh, you will see in the gruel, uh, the Simic usually stick to um, fish, invertebrates, uh, reptiles, and amphibians. Uh, sometimes birds um and a lot of plants also because they're in green uh but mammals you usually see in gruel uh so that part is kind of uh unique for this but uh card is sweet as hell uh this feels like a card that could have been printed in any ravnica set um and be aligned with simic um and this is a legendary creature, by the way. So this is just a big specific thing. It's great. I like this card a lot. Shout out to Pompous Gadabout, which is just a guy wearing the most outrageous hat you've ever seen in your life. Uh, good, good set for hat fans. If you like hats, set has got a lot of hats. It's a, definitely a plane of hats this time. Uh, slime against humanity is a cute pun for crime against humanity. Uh, I just like, I like puns. I like that magic does puns these days, uh, which is good because when I write creative text, I like to try and get puns in if I can. Tunnel tipster is adorable. It is a mole folk. We don't know yet if this is like a heretofore unseen mole people on Ravnica or... You know, we're going to a very cute anthropomorphic animal world, or if someone has traveled through an omen path. We've seen some of that omen path cross-pollination with uh, uh, Troyan from mm-hmm, yeah. Wilds of Eldraine. So, you know, this could be another example of that. Anzrag, the Quake Mole, is a new Utmunger along the lines of yeah. Ilharg, the Raze Boar, uh, and I love it. I love getting these, like, animal gods for the gruel. Yeah, the 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 Umung, the Umunger are the gruel uh the gruel gods. Um they are worshiped by um the it's the Zerta clan. Yeah, right? uh Zerta are the ones who still hold to the old ways uh which is the name of the religion that worships yeah, the Yeah, they are uh, there there's a card printed druid of the old ways. So the druids of the old ways are uh a big faction within the Zerta clan that uh are like hey I think Ravnica would be better if all these massive destructive animal gods came back and destroyed the city. And uh, it's happening. Ilarg, <laughs> Ilarg was the first, um, the the uh, prophesized first god to uh, lead the destruction of civilization. Uh, and I guess Sansrag is another one. Uh, this card is goofy. We have the name of a third one, Kashath the Stalker from the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. So maybe we'll see them one day too. Uh, Doppelgang is another great pun. It is the like doppelganger, uh, you know, not the same linguistic root at all, but I love that doppelgang is, is, is 
the doppelganger. It's great. I love that pun. Uh, Gleaming Gear Drake. Uh, what I like about this set is we finally see is it as artificers, which is not something we've really gotten a lot of in the past, even though that is like half of what they are. They've always been spell slingers, but with, you know, all this fancy equipment that we've almost never seen. So I'm just glad in this set we're finally getting that represented. Yeah, uh, Mark Rosewater has talked a lot about how the the is it mechanically have cared about incense and sorceries. Um, but flavorfully have been like inventors and tinkerers. And that has been a disconnect that has just kind of existed um, throughout Ravnica time, but without having to be tied to like guild mechanics that work with past versions of guild cards, uh, a lot of visit cards in the set get to care about artifacts because artifacts do matter here because of, because of investigate. Uh, so I, I, I agree that that is uh, one of the things I have really enjoyed seeing in this set uh, is 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 it feels more like they should. Um, I think Kylox's card is exemplary of that. Artifacts mm. matter. Spells matter. It's big and splashy and wild. Um, Kylox is like the pinnacle of his cards for me. Leyline of the Guild Pact is another cool card. It is sort of a the convergence of all the other Ravnican ley lines. Uh, and it is actually a major plot point uh, because this is the essentially the end of the implicit maze. What Return to Ravnica was all about, what those maze runners were running, was the path of these ley lines through Ravnica to uh, the chain, what later becomes the Chamber of the Guild Pact. It was the Forum of Azor. Uh, or Azor. Uh, and we talked earlier about the chamber getting destroyed by Tezzeret uh, and cutting off some of the ley lines, and that is this thing. So they're back. Niv-Mizzet is uh, holding court in his kind of half-completed chamber of the Guild Pact post-war. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just wanted to call that one out because I thought that was neat. Meddling Youths is the Scooby Gang. Uh, it is the 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 mystery crew. What is, what is oh, the name of their... Uh, I mean, mystery, it's mystery the inc yeah mystery incorporated yeah and, and yeah. the mystery machine is their van thank you i will say it is most of the scooby squad because there are only there are only three people in this art <gasps> well the commander set has given us uh our shaggy and scooby and sophia dogged detective and her uh legendary two two green dog detective tiny uh it's it's so cute it's just it is perfection cute. because uh, when a dog you control deals combat damage to a player, create a food token, then uh -huh. investigate. He's getting Scooby snacks <laughs> and then you can sacrifice artifact tokens to eat his Scooby snacks and put a plus one plus one counter on each dog you control. This is this is perfect. Like there's this is just the most perfect top down Shaggy and Scoob. Hmm. Uh, card you could do i i love it i love that one a lot legally distinct from shaggy and scooby legally distinct <laughs> i've been through dare program so i know what scooby snacks is code for <laughs> <laughs> uh private eye is just a cute pun uh there's also another pun on that yeah so here's the thing with private eye that's just a kylum homunculus that's not a ravnican homunculus mm-hmm 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 Mm -hmm. it sure is well, we've seen so uh, ravnican homunculi have kind of been all over the place but yeah it does look a lot more like a, a 
a rav, uh, a chylum homunculus. You are correct. Uh, but also in the flavor text, it is a vase because he makes all of your detectives evasive. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a horrible, horrible pun. Uh, did you have one? Did you have one you wanted to add, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I want to mention just a shout out to relive, relive the past, which is a, uh, showing the three times that Ravnica's, you know, gone through some major upheaval uh, in the art. So it shows, um, if you look kind of closely, there are three of these elementals because the uh, card turns three lands into, um, or creates three elementals. It's it's weird. Um, but anyways, there's three elementals, and one of them has the glaive of the guild pack stuck in it, but they're sort of representations of the uh, decamillennial crisis, the War of the Spark, and uh, the Phyrexian Invasion. So I just thought that was uh thought that was neat. Oh yeah, that is cool. There's also a reference in the uh um in the Planeswalker's guide that the museum uh the the Museum of Ravnican History or whatever it's called uh has the shattered remains of the Black Blade in it and also it has Oketra's uh mummified body on display which we're not going to get into like it's not they're not appropriating Amonkhet culture if that culture came and invaded them and their god, like their undead god, fell over dead there. Yeah. Well, also, like, like, I just think how they might negotiate to... for her body back, too, at some point. How are you supposed to get it back? Omenpaz only just showed up. Maybe like now there could be a discussion about it. But like, yeah, exactly. After, after we're the yeah. spark, it's just stuck here. So what are you going to do? Like what? What planeswalker is going to be able to planeswalk that back and forth? Karn left. He he was not coming back to taxi that stuff. I just feel like if I was from Amonkhet and I was like on a trip to Ravnica and I was doing all the sightseeing and I walked into their museum and saw the dead remains of one of my gods that of I used God. to worship, <laughs> I I think I might have some thoughts. Just saying. Hey, uh, look, it's future pitch for a Basri plot. There we go. Oh my god, go. please. Oh, poor Basri. That was literally, <laughs> Basri Ket, like, literally was everyone's first reaction to that line. Uh, let's let's do a couple of these real quick. Urgent, uh, we already talked about Repulsive Mutation having Thimblethip. Urgent Necropsy uh, is, Necropsy is another word for, like, an autopsy, uh, but it is, like, the more Ravnica-specific one the fantasy um, I just, word for it i just it's it's the because it's the less used less well-known word it's better to use as the fantasy word uh under undercover crocodilf is a uh investigator you get it it's a it's a gator even though it's a crocodilf cro it's a crocodile alligator thing so it's a investigator yeah it's just a bad pun uh the the um split cards which god it has been a minute since we've seen split cards uh our diptychs which i really like not all mm -hmm. of the old ones were uh the art from one flows into the other usually they had similar themes or this or that uh but this are is the first by, they're not all by dominic mayor are they i don't no, think so there's there's a couple different artists on here uh magnetic snuffler is just a very cute like combination of like the idea of a you know bloodhound sniffing out clues or you know a, another trained animal sniffing out clues and also a metal de metal detector i just love it's like an anteater metal detector thing <laughs> uh it just it feels very appropriate for this set it feels like a pikmin enemy 
It does. <laughs> it does. That is fair. Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, all right. Before we end, just one more thing. Ju- well, we actually have two more things, but uh, you're ruining final the joke. word. Final word. Phantom is Columbo. I love it. The the just one more thing. One of the most famous detectives of modern pop or more modern pop culture. More recent than <laughs> ninety years ago uh is is Only columbo just. who's kind of this <laughs> schlobby detective who went up against the rich and powerful and he would usually bait them all into a trap and then he'd be like oh okay all right well he'd like pretend he'd lose and they'd go just just one more thing just one more thing and that's when he would do his like grand reveal uh or that he could just caught them in a lie or something like that and that would end I- the episode He's uh he's he's big on Tumblr. I can't wait for the Tumblr Columbo self-sessed arc. We'll get there. <laughs> oh uh, and the last one we're going to talk about is Tangle Trove Kelp. I actually have one which more is... after this. But... I, I, oh, also okay. have a, I also have one I want to <laughs> That's fine. The the not last one is Tangle Trope Kelp, which is another great pun. Uh it's not obvious from the name, uh but from the types, if you realize it's a plant clue. It's planted evidence. It is planted evidence. That is what Tangle Trope Kelp is. Uh, yeah, I wanted to add on Experiment 12 because we didn't have on our list. This is a, just oh, a yeah. direct name reference to Experiment 1 from uh, Gate Crash, right? It was Gate Crash or it was Experiment 1 Dragon's Maze. I think it was Gate Crash. Uh, anyway. Gate Crash, because <clears throat> that was the set that was uh, incredibly fast. That Yum. That was a fun set. That was a set where if you were not uh, on the board with like more than one creature by turn three, you were losing. Uh, anyways, I wanted to, to mention just just one more thing. Uh, detective of the month. It's a it's a detective that has a sinned, so you get the city's blessing, and the the city in this case is Ravnica instead of Oroska. So, yeah, I, I saw uh, Gavin made a tweet about that. That like city's blessing is you know broad enough. There are a bunch of cities in the multiverse, and uh, why not this one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it works. I, I do like repurposing. I like the small reuses of old mechanics mm-hmm. like this. Like like uh, Massacre Girl getting Wither, because I love Wither. I love Wither. Yeah, I, I the, the Commander products have been good at that for a long time. Um, and uh, Massacre yeah, Girl's Ma- in the main set. They put Wither in the main set. Yeah, and, and well, so they've been doing these, like, one-off mechanical things in main sets now, and I think that's been fun. Uh, anyway, um, real quick before we wrap up, uh, I just want to highlight, I think, not close the biggest flavor miss in the Commander product is a uh, dogged detective not getting upgraded with the detective subtype. Oh, like, man. Yeah, the... the it's the, been a huge I... controversy on um, Mara's Tumblr blog, but, like... I don't, how do you not make that a detective? The card was concepted Human as a, you know, I was detective. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the Capenna team. There's never a point where that card was not intended to be a detective. When I saw it, it's literally named detective. This is the introduction of the detective type. You put it in the commander deck in this set. And it's, I just, it's one of those things where I look at it and I go, this is going to be changed in like six months. Uh, we had a pangolin like that too. Um, one one day, yeah. Um, but also just like overall, like one of the things I want to highlight about the Slaver Gems episode is that these were all like murder mystery tropes. 
Um, very little of the set feels like Ravnica. The story really feels like Ravnica, I think, has... The, the story does a really good job of doing things that could only happen on Ravnica. You could only have a murder happen the way it happened if you have a character like Tristani with world-building like Matsalesnia, uh, in a setting that has experienced the Phyrexian invasion. Like, the story did a really good job of crossing over murder mystery in Ravnica. The card set just feels like generic murder mystery set most of the time. There are, like, some card names and some art that are, like, Ravnica-flavored, but they could have just been other things in any other world. Um, and, and I think that feels a little eh to me, um, when you have, like, I would have liked to have seen more Ravnica in the set, is basically what I'm saying. Especially after, um, you know, Lost Caverns of Ixalan also did not start as an Ixalan set, just like this didn't start as a Ravnica set. But Lost Caverns felt like an Ixalan set. Um, both mechanically and um, flavorfully. This flavor, in a lot of flavor instances, feels Ravnican, but like visually, like we all of a sudden just have fedoras and mutton chops and a lot of like um, uh, 19th century vibes in this set that Ravnica never had before, uh, which feels uh, jarring um, to me. And. Uh, I, I, it just doesn't feel like this could have been on Ravnica as a card set. Um, and so, like, why not Fiora? Why not New Campana? Why not the new world they were building? And, like, why not, like, I get the, the reasoning was, like, you know, we have a world that fits these needs. It's called Ravnica. But then this set didn't feel like Ravnica. Like, I was looking through the set and, like, most of the cards... There were, like, maybe ten cards total that I was like, yeah, these feel like cards that exist on Ravnica. Um, and uh, I think that was kind of a letdown for me, flavor-wise. I Yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable criticism at all. I think it it did kind of skew into, say, Nuka Pena art direction territory Yeah, I mean, that, that was part of the thing, and it's just like, yeah... And and Innistrada a little bit too. Uh, my my comment is just like the Fedora statement. My I've seen a lot of people saying like, why does Ravnica suddenly have all these people and these fedoras and these like trench coats and stuff? And my my reasoning there from like a in world perspective is that it's a narrative focusing on a particular aspect of Ravnica, and that aspect of Ravnica is dominated by fedoras and trench coats. Um, just like if we set a Ravnica set that like focused predominantly on the Rakdos, we'd see a bunch of people in clown makeup. Um and so like Yeah, like why that, are all the why are there all these clowns my, here in Ravnica? <laughs> but my my comment then is that I do feel like it did feel maybe like a little bit overdone making a set on Ravnica and not having cards that felt that they captured Ravnica super well. The clue set, the new cards they made for the clue set are incredibly Ravnica from the art, from the design, from the like those those cards were designed to feel like Ravnica cards. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's because, like they said, that was actually a Ravnica product and not a Murders at Karloff Manor product. Yeah. I think a lot of these cards, some of them in the clue set, could have been uncommons and commons in Murders at Karloff Manor Manor. Even some of the rares feel like you could have just thrown them in the set and it would have been like totally it would have felt fine 
So like the syndicate heavy card that is in that set could have just been an uncommon in the main set and no one would have batted an eye and it would have added some like real interesting Ravnica flavor to the card set. Um, I, I'm not sure why they made the product the way they did it. The clue edition, like the game mode sounds really fun, but like these cards should just be part of the set, you know, like just put them in the, the play boosters or whatever and call it a day. Like, I don't know. It, there were some weird choices. I'm, I'm very confused by the clue edition as a product, not, not in how you play it, but in like the choices made there. Cause also you don't get all the cards when you pay the, what is it like $80 for this thing? Yeah. Yeah. I want to play it, but I don't like, I, I don't know. It's confusing. The game mode sounds it's like really $50. Fun. Okay. No, that I'll take it down a little bit. So it's like, it, it it's the cost of like a, a, a pre-con a, not a, or a pre-con or a um... it, it's it's a lot like the the multiplayer products that they mm. have sold in the past like the yeah i'll i'll put it this way if someone at MagicCon chicago has this and is like let's play it i would like be like heck yeah let's do it but if someone asked me to buy it to play it i'd be like um <laughs> yeah that's fair i don't, that's I don't fair. know if i want to own it like i don't know yeah, Anyways, it's un- yeah. unlike some of the other multiplayer products, it's not something I, I want to put necessarily want to put on a shelf. So. All right. So yeah, think, let's move on I, to final. Th- oh, God. A wrap up just like this is obviously these kind of uh, back backdrop sets, background sets. What are they called? Back. I don't remember. It doesn't. Matter. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. The the set where we do a quote unquote return, but not mechanically uh, or necessarily exactly flavorfully like they're new they're learning like this is a learning curve thing i don't think like it is backdrop set yeah yeah okay um it's a learning curve thing i think this set was way heavy-handed on the new stuff i think if you're i i think if you're setting something on ravnica and not making the guilds feel present i I think that's the big thing despite like some names somewhere like the guilds like feel like they don't matter in this set um and it feels weird to be on Ravnica and have the, like, people love the guilds. They are, like, one of the things that people identify the most with in Magic. And it just feels weird. War of the Spark had this problem, too. Um, but, uh... And it's not necessarily, we don't, we don't need, like, the color pair guilds. Yeah. We just need the like, guild designs more present. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, and like all right. visually. Anyway, we really need to cut off. So yeah. <laughs> let's move on to final thoughts. My final thought is I just finished Alan Wake 2 and that game is incredible. Uh, there is a rock. If You don't have to have played the first game. There is a rock opera a few acts into the game that explains Alan's whole history and what the heck is going on up until this point. Uh, and it is just fun. I between this and control who would have thought one of my favorite video game characters was a weird Finnish janitor who might be a god uh, that's it go ahead, uh, go on. my final thought is uh, it's my turn to talk about books uh, I did start reading the king in yellow um, because of Signalis because uh, go play Signalis first of all second of all I'm uh, two two stories into the king in yellow uh, it's a short anthology of short stories um, from I think 1895 uh, by uh, its uh, early American uh, supernatural fiction, uh, which went on to inspire uh, a lot of Lovecraft's work uh, and also uh, just the the whole cosmic horror genre in general. And uh, 
very good so far. Uh, it's eerily predicts an imperial America post World War One, despite being published shortly after the Spanish American War, um, which is creepy uh, in retrospect. But uh, it's it's very it's very good. Um, I'm I'm having a good time with weird stories, <laughs> and uh, uh, not to have a lit degree, but I have spent a lot of time with 19th century fiction, mostly British, and it's like a kind of comforting to be back in that space. Um, which is my little nerd opinion, um, and my little nerd tastes, but that is it. I'm going to cut myself off before I ramble on. (laughs) I'll I'll continue, I'll continue the theme of like, uh, weird narrative things going on. I have been, uh, finally, so I started it last year and had to put it down, but I, I'm picking back up, uh, and a little over halfway done with, uh, Italo Calvino's If on a Winter's Night, A Traveler, uh, which is really good. Just a fun book. It's, um talking a lot about the the nature of novels and storytelling and it's good it's italo calvino is a very good writer he's very very talented very very good stuff can be a little bit difficult to read if you're not used to reading things that are not just like traditional novels um but this is it's a good one so i don't know we're gonna get real weird with this podcast soon i think because we're all reading really weird stuff and playing weird games. So, <laughs> God, it's true. I play, experience more weird art. Everyone, please, please, please engage with weird art that is uncomfortable and bizarre and makes you have to think about why it exists. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also, when you're done doing that, you can have to think about why we exist. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are weird art sometimes. Uh, no, uh, head to patreon.com slash the uh, if you would like to support the show. Everyone who does gets access to our Discord community, where, uh, we're kind of winding down on Ravnica, but, um, again, we are, like, three weeks away from MagicCon Chicago, um, where we are gonna get first details about Outlaws of Thunder Junction, and, uh, a little bit of info about, uh, Modern Horizons 3, uh and i I think uh around that time we're going to be in fallout previews for the commander decks they're gonna do Um, them at the show yeah yeah. oh yeah that'll be yeah it'll all be around there yeah so um you know we got some exciting stuff coming up for for magic in the near future so uh if you want to get in on that uh patreon yay i'm done that shilling section (laughs) it's not shilling if it's for yourself i guess we're, we're sellouts to ourselves. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.